Good afternoon. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today, reading Numbers 25 in the NLT. But first and always, we pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for giving us these stories that are real and for showing us, Lord, how the devil in the concrete world is tempting your people. And now he's even tempting us, your people, in the spiritual realm as well. He makes life hard for the children of Israel and he makes life hard for us, Lord, the new children of Israel of the heart. So help us, Lord, to read your word, to see the patterns, to read the entire Bible, everything, Lord, we read, we debate over, we dialogue over, we have friendly debate, we have respect for each other, even if we vehemently do not agree, and we remember to be passionate, but at the end of the day, we're all brothers and sisters uh, sons and daughters of the Most High God, which is you, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit. One Lord, one faith, one Spirit, one baptism. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. We love you back. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Yes, I am very passionate about certain things, but I realized, did I pick my words right? Did I choose my words? Was I too passionate? Did I not say enough on this point? Was, did I say too much, but I, but I belabor the point? I'll never do it right. And I'll always apologize for things that I did wrong, whether I did it deliberately or even I didn't, because you could always offend people. That's not the point. The point is not to offend people. I may stick up for what I believe, but I'm not here to defend. I'm here to promote Jesus. And I want to give somebody respect and I want to get respect from them. These guys on YouTube who are talking about relationships, they say that a man can love a woman, but he does not respect her. But the guy said a woman cannot love a man if she does not respect him. She has to respect them in order to love him. Is that true? Because I tell you, my pastor read Ephesians 5, 22 to 25 in the, in the scriptures, and it sounded just like a YouTube video. And he said, I'm not trying to be controversial, but he said, you know, both genders serve and respect each other. And I see a lot of disrespect on YouTube. Women are disrespecting men and men are disrespecting women. A lot of disrespect. The war of the sexes. The birthright will, the birthright will fall and marriage will fall. God is the one who invented marriage. It's a good thing. But if people can just walk out of it anytime they feel, then they obviously don't know God. You're committing vows till death do you part. As one guy said, and he's not a believer, when people who are not believers, who will probably never darken the door of a church, although they may become believers or Christians in their hearts, when they start saying things that validate the Bible, I sit up and take note. Because I'm looking for patterns and I'm looking for wisdom wherever it may lie. And God's wisdom sometimes comes through people who are not believers because they say things that hauntingly and reminiscently validate what I have heard in church from the pastor or by reading the scriptures. Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but when non-believers and unbelievers say things that sound just like I've read in a Bible passage, baby tomorrow Christian man sits up and takes notice. How did Paul write that? Because he got human nature right, which makes me think that Christianity is the greatest and only social science of them all. God knows social science because he invented us to be social and relational, first and foremost, and informational and having all these theories secondly. 
Moab seduces Israel. Just my two cents. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. But I do have a right to my opinion, just like you do. While the Israelites were camped at Acadia Grove, some of the men defiled themselves by having sexual relations with local Moabite women. Bad. These women invited them to attend sacrifices to their gods. Very bad. So Israelites feasted with them and worshipped the gods of Moab. In this way, Israel joined in the worship of Baal of Peor, causing the Lord's anger to blaze against his people. So now we got rid of Balaam, right, and Balak. But now it's like, you know what the devil says? Okay, we're going to do it a different way now. We're going to get the girls in. Uh, I got to read this passage because this is something, you know, I always think about since I'm now divorced. And um, yeah, it, it's not a great feeling, folks. Divorce is a car wreck. It really is. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. It's a car wreck. It, that's not a good feeling. Being uh, independent and wonderful, hey, that doesn't feel good. Um, I got to read this because this reminds me of just what I read. So where is it now? When you're looking for something and you can't find it, I don't know about you, but it makes me very, very angry and you won't like me when I'm angry. Okay, I found it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It says here, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness. So I don't know what that's talking about. Business transaction, um, hanging out with people of your own phenotype who look like you and talk like you, who agree with you, or, or does it mean marriage? Or does it mean, you know, what does it mean? Or don't marry an unbeliever if you're a believer. Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? I heard, I thought the Belial was like some kind of God or some kind of name for the devil or something that meant worthlessness. Actually, here it is from John MacArthur's Belial. An ancient name for Satan, the utterly worthless one. <laughs> hey, Satan, you're worthless. <laughs> I really don't think that's a motivator. Satan just want to let you know one of your uh, one of your names is worthlessness. This contrasts sharply with Jesus Christ, the worthy one, in whom believers are to be in fellowship. We are we are in fellowship with the worthy, with the worthy Son, with the worthy God Man with God in the flesh. Isn't that wonderful? Not somebody who is worthless. So it says here, or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. God walks among us through Jesus Christ. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. I like that. I want to be a my people. What about you? Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. I don't want to be peculiar. I don't want to be hated. I don't want to be an oddball. I don't want to be a nutcase who's by himself. I don't. But God says, you got to be with me. You got to be with, you've got to be okay with me. And touch no unclean thing. Then, then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. I love that. I said, says the Lord, you'll be sons and daughters to me. I think that sounds like a father, does don't you think so? Don't you think so? I think so. I think you agree with me. So I'm going to say amen for you. <laughs> I like people who agree with me. I don't like people who disagree with me. Just kidding. Not really. Verse 4, the Lord issued the following command to Moses, seize all the ringleaders and execute them before the Lord in broad daylight. So his fierce anger will turn away uh, from the people of Israel. Oh boy.
So Moses ordered ju Israel's judges, each of you must put to death the men under your authority who have joined in worshiping Baal of Peor. Wow, this is the old covenant. I know God is a God of mercy, but this is like the law almost, right? You mess up, there's no forgiveness. You're, you're gone. You know, and I, I know a friend who like, I have a big problem with the God of the Old Testament being the same as the God of the New Testament. Well, I know he is, but you know, when I, when I read this, it's like, okay, I see, I understand. And it's like, Lord, could you please help me to read the Bible and, get, and give me the answer? Maybe, maybe I, the answer that I have to say is, I don't know why the Lord has to, why couldn't he just say, hey guys, don't do this anymore. I, I, maybe this is supposed to highlight God's standards. God has the highest standards. The, the law is the highest thing. That's why Jesus had to die, uh, because we transgressed the law and we couldn't. We couldn't. Um, we couldn't make the gap. We couldn't. There was a. There's a gap between what the law, the performance of the law, and what we actually do, and that gap is grace. And Jesus is the one who filled it in. Just then, one of the Israelite men brought a Midianite woman into his tent right before the eyes of Moses and all the people as everyone was weeping at the entrance of the tabernacle. Oh, boy. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar and grandson of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he jumped up and left the assembly. He took a spear and rushed after the man into his tent. Phinehas thrust the spear um, and killed them both, I'm going to say. So the plague against the Israelites was stopped, but not before 24,000 people had died. Oh boy. Wow. When I read this and when I read 2 Corinthians 6, God just seems so much more grace, graceful, gracious and forgiving in, in, in Corinthians. Right? This, this version of God in the New Testament does seem a lot softer and a lot kinder. Because the version of God in Numbers 25, it seems horrendous. Like these people, like, could you just say, hey, dude, you, like, you can't be married to this person anymore. Did we have to do it this way? And you know what? This is God's word. The Old Testament. God doesn't saw, so he put the two testaments together. He wants you to see standard and he wants you to see relationship. But as high as God's standard is, which is infinite, his grace is infinite too. But real people die. I believe this is a real story and real people died. 24,000 people died. That ain't no small uh, bag of chips, my friends. That's a lot of people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar and grandson of Aaron the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites by being as zealous among them as I was. So I stopped destroying all Israel as I had intended to do in my zealous anger. Now tell them that I am making my special covenant of peace with him. In this covenant, I give him and his descendants a permanent right to the priesthood, for in his zeal for me, his God, he purified the people of Israel, making them right with me. So God is speaking to this guy, this Phineas guy, the son of Eli, Eliezer, grandson of Aaron. Like Phineas, this guy almost sounds like, you know, he's got the sword and he's this zealous dude, but he sounds a little crazy, but it's almost like God is speaking to a symbol of Jesus. Because the new covenant is the covenant of peace. Jesus, through his zeal and passion for God our Father, purified us all and made us right with God our Father. Romans 5, 1 and 2. He made us to be able to be at rest with God and to be in harmony with God once again. That, that's what I see when I read this. Like I was just reading this and just aghast at this, right? That, that this had to happen this way, I have to say. But yet I, I see Jesus, the new covenant priest, and he's made us, 
he's made us, uh, Jesus has made us priests to be holy and righteous people, a peculiar people with him, because he purified us before God. Hebrews 9 says, and Jesus died once and once for all for his sins. And my former denomination talks about some investigative judgment that's going on now. That's totally, totally, totally against the Bible. It's totally against this passage, and it's totally against Hebrews 9. Another lie to be discovered. When you read the Bible, just what Derek Prince said, you get astounded, you get amazed, you even get alarmed. And I realized, why did I have to, why did I leave it so long? Why didn't I read the Bible when I was younger? Because I didn't care. When you got to get the truth, then you go all out, my friends. There are so many people I meet in life, and they're such nice people. They know everything about everything. They know everything about the mainframe. They know everything about cars. They know everything about this. But all they know from the Bible is John 3.16. Does that make any sense to you? I think we should make this first priority in our life, and the other things come second. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart, soul, and might, and zeal. Read the Bible for yourself and pray over it. That's my advice to you. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I tell you. But if you want some good advice, this is what I think that I would say if I were the pastor of a church, and I don't intend to be a pastor of any church because it looks like a really hard job, I would say, please read this Bible. Please read the Bible. Please read a passage. Please read a Bible plan. Please read one text every day and pray every day, pray without ceasing. I would just say this. I'm sure this is in the Bible in 1 Thessalonians 5. Just every, every day, pray and read, pray and read, pray and read. Your eternal salvation depends on it. God has given you a gift, but if, you, if your mind is not open to the Holy Spirit, how can you accept it? This guy, this Eliezer guy, he had a lot of zeal, but man, you know, why, why like this? This is like old covenant. This is like, you know, hurting people. But God is not like this. God doesn't do this. God has been trying to reach us ever since we blew it. Verse 14, the Israelite man killed with the Midianite woman was named Zimri, son of Salu, the leader of a family from the tribe of Simeon. The woman's name was Cosby. She was the daughter of Zur, the leader of a Midianite clan. Didn't the Midianites also come from Abraham? Like once Abraham had Ishmael and Isaac, I don't think he stopped there. He had um, kids with other, um, I don't know, concubines or maids or whatever they were. They gave rise to different nations. <clears throat> I'm sure I saw a Midianite inside the Bible somewhere. I can't remember exactly. We probably read it and I've probably forgotten it. Then the Lord said to Moses, attack the Midianites and destroy them because they assaulted you with deceit and tricked you into worshiping Baal of Peor. And because of Cosby, the daughter of a Midianite leader who was killed at the time of the plague because of what happened at Peor. God does not want you to listen to false prophets, whether they be men or women. They have a Jezebel controlling spirit. Maybe this story, this real story is a symbol for that. Do not be led by someone who is not God-centric or Jesus-centric. And God is saying, do not marry somebody who is not a Christian, if you are. And I can tell you from experience that once, if that happens in your marriage, and that's in 1 Corinthians 7, it's going to be a turbulent marriage if it even survives. Mine didn't. And I had to let the person go. And I had to forgive. And I have to give it to God. 
But I tell you, living without my kids is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And now I know what God feels like when his kids were taken away from him by the devil. He wasn't going to let that happen. Not the God I serve. He was coming after us with that relentless love. I think that's a song. He's coming after you. And he came after us in the form of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth redeemed us back to God our Father. We get to be with our Father again. God was not going to let that happen. God bless you all.